And then I, I saw a photo of him and this girl at Talladega with his dad, like on a date. So he could, he had time to leave Texas and go to Talladega. And his dad was there. Mm-hmm. He had spun this whole story to basically, I guess, members of his family that I had a boyfriend, a secret boyfriend in Georgia, and that was why I refused to come home. And yeah, because look at all this okay. time you have on your hands between your doctor's appointments Absolutely. and being a single yeah. mom, and I had a job at this point. And your jobs. Yeah. Uh, you definitely yeah. probably want to take some time to run around with another guy who probably also doesn't know where your clit is. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Yeah. Sounds right. Like- It's Lace. It's Catherine, and this is an episode of Cheaties Podcast. We're back, y'all. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We thank you so much for your patience last week. We have been traveling. If all of you are following us on social media, you know that we've been all over the place doing all kinds of cool things. Catherine just had a badass weekend of celebrating her birthday and doing shows out of town. I was filming a movie. We cannot wait to share all of the details of what's going on in our lives. Uh, but we're going to do that in the catch up episode later this week. We're not going to get into it right now, Catherine. So that's just a little bit of a teaser. Um, I'm excited to get people into this episode today. This is our first new interview in a couple weeks, couple weeks, but we, we, we talk about it when we bring her up. She has been waiting to go. She had sent us a voicemail a long time ago. We just found it. Mm-hmm. And boy, was it, it wasn't worth the wait. Uh, it takes place yeah. on, a lot of it takes place uh, in the military-esque mm-hmm. confines of a, right, a military base. And he goes off uh, for war. And we've heard these stories before. It's a classic one of those, but um, she's learned from, from it. She's out on the other side. But it's a, this one, this one is, is a bit more real. Mm-hmm. I would say Definitely. some of them, we, they're a bit, little bit more light and fluffy. This one gets real. It does. Uh, but it's it's great. And uh, I I feel like after even listening, hearing hundreds of episodes, this one felt, felt like I, I took something away from this. I think I did too. And I would definitely, I think that's a good point to bring up that it is very real. So why don't we just go ahead and throw out there now a little bit of a content warning for anyone Uh, there. She, she loses a parent. She goes into detail about that. She started this relationship really young. Things got uh, really serious, really fast. And he did a lot of uh, shitty things. We'll say shitty things. So just, and, and consistently he did for years and years and he's, you know, so just giving you a heads up now, it is a lot to listen to and take in. So be in a good headspace when you listen to it, but she is really funny. And like Catherine said, she's out on the other side. And so we'll go ahead and spoil it up top. She is happy, healthy, thriving, uh, and doing really well today. Uh, she's able to yeah. look back on this. This was from 15 years ago. So when this relationship started yeah. and it ended 11 years ago. So just I say the, the only unhealthy thing she's doing right now is she is starting stand up comedy. In yes. Atlanta. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a, she's also a budding comic here uh, in the Atlanta comedy scene, but super funny. 
Yes. And uh, yeah, she's got a lot of uh, words of wisdom here at the end. She so, does. So yeah, let's get into it. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this interview with Britt Ammons. Hey, listener, you're about to hear a really juicy cheating story. Names and locations may have been changed to protect the guilty. We're not licensed therapists or lawyers. Hell, we barely have a driver's license. We're just two broke comedians who've been through some shit. And this alleged story is one-sided. If you know another side, please call our emergency redemption hotline at 888-STABBY-8. And yes, that is a real number. Now sit back, relax, and pour yourself a bowl of cheaties. All right, Stabbies, we are so excited. We've got Atlanta comedian Britt Ammons on today. Britt, how are you doing? I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe that you guys called me back. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I get to talk shit about my ex with people that I like. It was great. Well, we're so glad you called us. You left us an incredible voicemail. And um, yeah, this is... This is a story that I am ready to dig into for sure. Yeah, we the, the voicemail sat there for a minute. Uh, unbeknownst to Lace and I, we both got new phones and couldn't remember the Chidi's Gmail <laughs> password. So I thought we're both I thought you were checking assuming. it. You thought I was checking it. Right, right, right. I, right. I was like, I'm good. Lace is on top of this. <laughs> nope. Uh, and we, we were just like, God, nobody gives a shit about Chidi's anymore. And then one day we both decided to to get our shit together, log back in, and there was many a voicemails waiting for us. Yeah, we listened to yours, and we were like, "We're an idiot. Why has this voicemail been in purgatory for so long? We've got to get her on." Yeah. So we have you on now, Britt. Um, and let's get into it. Take us back to we had a little teaser before. Uh, this is a past marriage. Mm-hmm. You had children. A past Brit. We're like, who is she? Take us back there. Is it? Are you the same girl? Are you, do you, do you have a, you have a streak in your hair then? Like you do now, (laughs) this like black hair with this kind of, is a grayish blondish streak in the front, this little rogue from X-Men. Who are you then? Do you have powers then? Do you not? Take us back. It's like a little lightning bolt, like right through the front. Those, those listeners who might remember that show, What Not to Wear. It was one of my favorite shows. Stacey London. Stacey London. She always had the streak and I always thought that was so badass. And I was like, do I die? Do I do that? Do I add one in just to look that cool? It's crazy. I, yeah, like I said, I, so when I was, I, it's not a birthmark. I wasn't born with it, but apparently I found out from a dermatologist actually that in, people that have a lot of Irish or Scottish descent tend to have what they call flashes in their hair as they get older. So they're a flash of where the um, pigmentation will go, will be stronger or whatever. Huh. And so, yeah, about 11 or 12, I started getting this just really strong silver streak right there in the front. And I hated it. Like I said, I thought it made me look old and weird. People called me a witch in school. I actually have a whole <sighs> bit about it in my set that kills. Um, and my ex-husband was a dick about it. You know, he, he hated it. He said it made me look old. So I dyed it for years until I met my current husband who loves it. And, uh, so that's just another one of those when you know, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And you don't know, you don't know till you, till you know. I, uh, so, okay. I love it. That's first red flag already on the books. Um, you didn't like something super cool about you. Um, right. Well, if anybody knows anything about narcissists and if they listen to your show, they should, um, (laughs) There's there's a theme there. You know, if there's anything that makes you beautiful or unique or that people find interesting about you, they want it to go away. They don't want anyone mm-hmm. else to be into you or attracted to you or anything like that. And that was a very common theme in my my relationship with my ex, yes. No makeup, don't look nice, don't look cute. What? Yes, very um, domineering and controlling kind of a situation. So, again, looking back on it, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's so, so obvious. So obvious now, yeah. Mothering, yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you're 15, 
and the dude's got a car. <laughs> um, you know, it's yeah. Listen, I'm 31 and I don't have a car right now, and I'm, I get it. I'll do get anything it. for a ride <laughs> to the gym or the bar at this point, or the bar Absolutely. either way. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're all right. You all, you already said it, Catherine. You already asked her to take us back. Like. Here, okay, so let's let's do it. You were 15, 15 way back. 15. 15. I'm, I'm, I'm 15 years old. I'm doing great. I wanted to be a writer. I was um, actually in this really great literature program at school. I was I was kicking it. I was kicking ass. Um, and my best friend at the time, well, my still my best friend actually of 19 years, she had actually gone on a date with my ex-husband months before. I didn't even hear anything about it. That's how unexciting it was. He hit her up to go back out. And she was with me and she's like, oh, I don't want to deal with this guy. I don't like him, blah, blah, blah. So I get on the phone, immediately start giggling, chatting with this older man because my ex is five years older than me. Okay. So wait, I'm 15. So many things. I have to wait. First of all, okay. I, I don't, I know that you have like a literal like bullet point list of everything you want to get into with this whole story, but you're just talking like this is totally normal for, first of all, for 15 year olds to go on dates. My mother yeah. never, there, that was not, that was not even discussed. I was allowed like after 16, 17 to go on group dates. And mm. so you're just talking like, this is totally normal. Also, we've got an illegal situation going on here. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, where yeah. did you we're grow up? <laughs> so let's start here. Where, where did you grow yeah. up? Where is this happening? Why is this normal for a bunch of 15 year olds to be dating 20 year olds and go so you obviously had parents that loved you congratulations um <laughs> no i um I, i'm from decula georgia okay it's called the dacula um and then when i went super country i mean literally had friends that rode horses to school i mean Catherine, you know um hold on yeah now Catherine's like it? where's that school because that's where I'm... that is it. that's the recess i wanted to have absolutely it was um Do we- they, they would tie up, would they tie them up and then go into school? That's mm-hmm. crazy as fuck, dude. Or they'd ride with like my friend, my friend, uh, Brittany, her mom would ride her to school and then take the horses. It was crazy. Um, yeah. So for I those of you, country, small town. yeah, for those of you who aren't from Georgia, that's a North, that's, that's a North Georgia rural town, right? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Very, I've, there. I've been there. Yeah. yeah I've done a show there. I've also, I, and I used to judge pageants there. So if that helps anybody. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There so I, I did come from a very small country town, which is very typical, which people, you know, um, and my parents, my mother had very bad depressive, you know, depression. So she was kind of in and out as far as how, how, you know, cognitive she was either like literally leading the Girl Scout troop and doing all the t-shirts for everybody, or she didn't come out of her room for three weeks. Mm. So she was kind of not the most attentive. Mm. And then my father worked a lot, mm. a lot. You know, I, I have two older brothers. <clears throat> so we were kind of, we kind of ran wild. We kind of did whatever we wanted. Um, my dad was lucky that we were all really good kids. We just didn't really, I had no interest in like being in trouble or doing drugs or anything like that. Lucky for him, considering I could have done anything I wanted to. I had no curfew. I had no rules really. As long as I stayed out of trouble, I got to do what I wanted. So you so just, you just dated wasn't older a, men. That's all. Which was bad enough. I yeah, think, I was I think say, looking back on it, bad. I would have done drugs. Yeah. Uh, I think you should have. Drugs. Yeah. Um, definitely less embarrassing to be like, I'm a recovering addict than it is to be like, I have no self-esteem. Um, <laughs> pills before 21 year old bill. Before you know? perv. Pills before perv. Pills, pills before pills. Pills before perv. Yeah. So yeah, I was, uh, yeah, it, it was a bad situation. My ex, yeah, he was older than us. Um, and uh, again, another, another theme for narcissists and I want to say predators sounds dramatic, but for men like that, you know, they tend to go for women that are 
less mature, less experienced, that don't know any different. I think that is a correct so, term, babe. Yeah. It's tactic. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. They, and he still to this day does it. I mean, goes for women that are, you know, less inclined to pick up on his bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. So he, you know, I ended up talking to him. We ended up like kind of hitting it off, whatever. He wanted to take me on a date. She didn't care because she was smart. And um, the kind of rest is history. So yeah, we, we started dating as much as you can date as at 15. Um, but again, I wasn't extremely supervised. So I would hang out with him all the time. We went out, we, we were dating. Um, he lived with his mom, did not have a job. And there was a lot of tension with him and his stepdad and his mom because he was kind of an ass, like, you know, all the time. He's just very um, big problems with authority, very argumentative, very just aggressive. I don't know. He was a confrontational person. And I'm a very people-pleasy, happy, go-lucky, like, let's make everybody happy person. So it kind of balanced itself out to my disadvantage, of course. But so that went on for about a year we dated. And then my yeah, mother because passed based away. on everything you're saying, I mean, what a catch! Like, he sounds so pleasant. A one, lovely A1. to be around. Was... Yeah, no job, living with his no. parents, and also a bad attitude about it. That's my favorite. Because if I'm gonna have, if I'm gonna have my adult son living in my house, I'd want him to be an asshole while he's there. You know, not absolutely. Paying rent. Why else would that happen? Yeah, and I, I, you know, I feel bad for my ex mother in law because you know she's just one of those women that just enabled and given her heart out and, and she just cannot accept that it's not going to work. But, yeah. um, yeah. So then so your mom passed. Suddenly. My mom passed mm. suddenly. Yes. Mm. So basically she had had, um, she had degenerative disc disorder in her back, mm. which is like where your discs compress down and she had to have back surgery. Um, and it, it, this was in, you know, Oh, four, Oh five, Oh six, kind of in that range where kind of that codeine, Fentanyl was just kind of starting to take off and be like a really big problem for everybody and things like that. We didn't have the opioid crisis was kind of kicking off and there was not a lot of information or research or things about it. They just knew it was this miracle drug. So she had terrible back pain. Physical therapy wasn't working after the surgery. She had all kinds of problems, bone infections. You know, I had to, that's actually originally why I wanted to be a nurse because I had to take care of my mom after her surgery. You know, I had to do her pick lines and all her medicines Mm. and everything. And, um, and I was good at it. But what ended up happening was she was having all this pain. So she goes on Valentine's Day, she goes to a new doctor and they prescribe her a fentanyl patch, which was new at the time, yeah. like the time release fentanyl patches. And she went home. She took everything exactly the way she was supposed to. And she just never woke up, literally went to bed, never woke up. Yeah. So she basically like died in her sleep, just like of an overdose. From, a, from an overdose, essentially. So like fentanyl overdose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Absolutely. my yeah. God. Um, so Fred, I woke I'm up. so sorry to hear that. That's so okay. Much to I mean, it's, it was a lot. I mean, but it's been, you know, 17 years now. Um, but at the time, yes. I mean, I woke up at 8am in the morning to like paramedics in my house, basically just like wheeling her out mm. because it was very obvious even to me as a child that like she was not alive. You know what, what I mean? What was your dad saying? Was he like, they're going to help her? He... You know, being an adult now and being a parent now, I, I forgive my dad. For a long time when I was growing up, I kind of felt a little bit of resentment towards him as that he didn't do a great job, like, parenting that situation, you know? He just checked out. Um, but I realize now, like, he just couldn't handle it. Like, he could not process what was happening sure. either and for himself, let alone for us. So, you know, but I was the only one in the house. You know, my brothers weren't there. It was just me and him. And um, he snored really bad. So he, like, slept on the couch. Yeah. So he has all this like guilt around the fact like if he had been in the bedroom with oh. her, maybe he would have, you know what I mean? So it was I a mean, lot yeah. and there, what, for yeah, everybody. Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, I walk out and paramedics are literally just kind of wheeling her out and she's blue and you can see like the, you know, all the, and all the inepherent on the counters and stuff where they had tried to, but you know, I'm not stupid. So it's like, they're not in a rush. Yeah. Nobody's freaking out and getting, you know, so I knew, but my dad was like, we're going to fall into the hospital and they're going to see what's going on. How old were you when that happened? 15. So yeah. that all happened Jeez. at that time. All, all this is the at that time. time. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So I've been Holy dating my ex shit. about, I mean, I'm maybe not even a year. We've been dating, you know, a couple months. Yeah. Um, to eight months a year, and then she died, and uh, you know we go to the hospital and they immediately put us in the chaplain room, so mm. it was pretty pretty positive. Um, mm. but that all happened very unexpectedly. God, very that is, did I, I? This may be too much to ask. No, I'm you're fine. Was there ever fault by the doctor? Was there ever did they say? No, we tried to file a wrongful death suit with the hospital with the doctor, all of that. Um, but basically the problem with that is again, especially at this time, because it was still kind of new. Um, you know, they went over the side effects, but they didn't really know the full extent of drug interactions and stuff that they do now. Um, you know, and there were so many nuances to it because the paramedics, luckily they did a great job. They counted all of her pills. Like everybody made sure that like she did what she was supposed to do, that it wasn't her fault, our fault, whatever. It was just the combination of the medicine, but that's kind of one of those, um, Ugh, liability conversations, right, with the doctors that she agreed to take it, knowing the risks were there. That's why they list off all those side effects. Yeah, that's why they do it, because they have to say it legally to be right. like, well, we, we right. mentioned some people might die. Could cause death if, you know. Could cause. Um, but we definitely tried to argue that it was not it was not emphasized enough. No. The realistic possibility that that could happen. Especially because my mother was a smoker. She was overweight. Yeah. Like she was a hundred percent in like the danger category for yeah. those type of reactions. And it definitely was not emphasized to the point that I think it should have been. Um, but we did, we were never able to get any kind of wrongful death or anything like that out of Girl. that. This was kind of what it was. Yeah. Okay. Well then yeah. this, right. this, this okay. trauma bonding then with this guy mm -hmm. and sticking with Absolutely. him this long, this all now is like, makes mm -hmm. so much sense at that age, Certainly, yeah. Yeah. especially. And and where you were at mentally and what you were trying to make sense of the world and what happened and everything. Definitely. It, so it can be hard to tell people about like my, you know, cause people want to know the story, but then they, you know, they, cause they're like, what in the world? But everybody kind of has this, like, how could you think that was a good idea? How did, how could anybody think that you marrying him or any, that was a good idea. I mean, you have to understand there was so context, much going on, context. so much context to it. Yep. And I was very independent, you know, like I said, just my parents being aloof the way they were when they were both alive and functional and then my mother passing away. I mean, I had a job when I was 13. I worked more than one job Damn, the whole bro. time. Um, I was very responsible and mature and kind of, you know, that in, that uber independence that comes from trauma and all that. So in my mind, it was like, what's the difference? What's the difference in me being an adult and working a job and taking care of myself and feeding myself and all that at my dad's house and me getting married and doing what I want? It, it didn't seem different to me, only better to me. Sure. Yeah. More so independent. That was yeah. the rationale on yeah. that. Um, yeah. but yeah, so she passes away and then things kind of pick up kind of quickly after that. My ex decided that he wanted to take care of me. That was his spiel. I think it, he just couldn't keep a job or, and he was tired of his mom giving him shit. So he decided he was going to join the army, which was like the solve all plan for every boy in Tequila, you know, that couldn't sure. do anything. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why, you know, 80% of military comes from small Southern towns, you know? Yep. Um, it's very, yeah. it's very idolized in those communities. And then it's also, you know, kind of like just like an option, mm -hmm. you know, like this is what you can do. And a lot of times the uh, only option, like. Right. Well, and for someone like him that yeah. doesn't, that wants someone to like feed them and house them and tell them what to do all day. Like that's 
perfect. Yeah. So he decided he was going to join the military. That was going to take care of me. And uh, he joined the Army and was in the infantry and got sent to Fort Hood, Texas, which is like the ass crack of Texas, mm-hmm. basically. It's not a nice place in Texas. And um, he was out there. Well, first he went to training at Fort Benning in Georgia, you know, did that. And then he got sent to Texas. So he was there about another year, um, about another year. And, <clears throat> excuse me, of course, come to find out later on, he cheated on me all the time. Like, because they all do that, you know. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a running joke in the military that like everybody's having sex with everyone but who they're supposed to be having sex with, you know. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah. It's, is it's it is it, Yeah, is it just the the townspeople there? It's a lot of different factors, but yeah, a lot of the if you if you're from a military town, if you've ever lived in a military town, it's kind of a thing where, you know, they all it's just like it's like high school. Everybody yes. just kind of bangs each other yes. and there's drama. Well, cuz there's so many people coming in and out all the time. In and out, and, and there's out, this and level and of like, this level of like intensity of like we're important and we could die at any minute and we better just live our life yeah. and yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like a, a telenueva military edition <laughs> all the time. Right. Um, and 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 I it's no like, idea what you mean. Telenovelas, <laughs> the, the the soap operas, the the, the Spanish soap operas. But and there's a lot, and the irony is that you know our situation was not unusual in military. You know, there's a lot of young marriages, a lot of quick marriages and stuff because people will know each other for two weeks and be like, oh, great, you want to get married because yeah. they're getting deployed and they don't want to die alone. Right. I don't know. Had y'all so y'all got married before he no was sorry, sent to Texas? I went a little back and forth. He went to Texas. Okay. He was there for about a year, and then he got his deployment papers. So this was in the height of the war. This is like oh five oh six. Damn. Um, Afghan. Afghan, Iraq, mm-hmm, all that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. And so he got his deployment papers, which basically just says on this day, you're going to go overseas. Mm-hmm. So we decided to get married because it made sense. You know, we've been dating for two years, economically, financially, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, it would just made more sense to get married. Sure. So two months after my 17th birthday, we got married in so Georgia. Uh, wait, what's the legal? Is it 16? It's 16 with parental consent. Yes. So my dad signed off. He allowed me to get married, which a lot of people disagreed with. Um, again, at the time, what was your dad saying? Was he okay with it? Again, he, I, if I, my observation is he was pretty checked out. You know, he, he, and I'm, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty stubborn. Like when I want something, and I've decided I'm going to do it. What is he going to say? I mean, I'm completely taking care of myself. I'm, you know, he could tell me. He could have told me no, absolutely. But that's not his fault. You know, a lot of people, I think, give my dad a hard time as in like, if you had just not let her get married to him, none of this would have happened. But I don't know that that's the case. Right. You know, yeah. who knows well, and you, we've already established that you are an X-Men. So absolutely. Right. I have power. I could have killed him. Yeah, exactly. Well, my parents got married at 17 to well, 17 and 19, technically. But yeah, sure. so I totally get it. Yeah. Well, and my grandparents, you know, my grandparents, who unfortunately, both of them have now passed away as of this year, they were like that quintessential Southern Belle love story. I mean, my grandfather and my, met my grandmother at the pool. She was 16. They fell in love. They got married. They had a beautiful marriage, beautiful children, success, PhDs. I mean, they were, you know, it. we had evidence in our family of that working and it sure. being okay. Sure. So, you know, nobody wanted to be the ones to sit there and tell me I was, I was crazy and wrong when they would be hypocritical about it. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. My dad was the product of that marriage working out. Mm-hmm. So we got married. And we got married in July of 06, and I moved out to Texas, to Fort Hood, with him later that month, like, immediately after. We had, like, no honeymoon or anything like that because he was getting deployed in October. Mm-hmm. So I was in Texas for two months, August and September, um, and then he got deployed. 
Wow. So that kind of brings us like full speed to like basically when all of it started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the big story. Okay. Um, so he got deployed in October and I went back home to Georgia because I was, there's no point in me staying out in Fort Hood sure. you know, by myself sure. with no one. Again, I didn't make a lot of friends or anything because I didn't like a lot of the people. A lot of people were very vapid. You know, they cheated on their husbands or the, the husbands were cheating on their wives. Everyone was very rude. I just, I didn't like it out there. So I came home and was like, I was going to stay here and finish school and all that while um, he was deployed. Because I, I actually had not even finished high school. I was supposed to get my GED and, you know, that didn't happen. And yeah. Mm. Do you have it now? Oh, yes. I have a college degree now. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. for you. You're, you're a nurse. Uh, no, I wish. No, I have a marketing degree. Okay. Hey, but hell <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. Okay. I start, I, I went through nursing school. That's kind of a different story, but I wasn't able to do the time requirement because I was a single mom with two children. Yeah. So I had to change my major. But yeah, um, yeah. I, at the time, so I was going to come back home, get my GED, all that good stuff while he was deployed. Well, he was gone for about a month and a half and I found out I was pregnant. Whew. And I actually found out at a Halloween party because I went out with my, and, I, and remember at this point, I'm not even 18. I'm, I'm 17. And I went out with my friends, and I had one Smirnoff ice. <laughs> of course, because what else would you have? Yeah. Because yeah. what else would I have, yeah. right? It, and was, I, it was hiding in the cauldron. It was a green apple. It was the best flavor. <laughs> right. They iced me. Well, that's exactly what happened. I went to like a Halloween party with my friends. They iced me. I drank. I chugged the one. And I threw up hysterically for a day and a half. Oh, and I thought that was so odd. That oh, I, yeah. Yes. That I was no, sick. That kind of, I get that. <laughs> I mean, it is uh, yes. ice. So yeah. Honestly, I feel like I'm gonna. Throw up a little bit thinking yeah. about it. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah. After day two and I couldn't keep anything down and I'm like, what is going on? Blah, blah. And I, you know, and, and my and Amber was like, maybe you're pregnant. I'm like, don't be ridiculous. Because in my mind, my husband's been gone for a month. How could yeah. I be pregnant? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I haven't cheated on him. How could that happen? Um, found out I was pregnant. Uh -huh. And um, <laughs> and the next time I spoke to him, because you don't get to talk very often. You know, every couple of maybe a week and a half days because they're on patrols. They're, you know, he was in Bakuba, Iraq. So it was very difficult to speak to each other. Right. And so it was another month or so before I was able to finally talk to him and tell him that I was pregnant. And of course, his very first question was like, oh, is it mine? You know, he thought right. I had cheated on him and that I was pregnant with someone else's baby. And I'm like, no, you idiot. I'm like three months pregnant. It's yours. You know, yeah. um, and because that's the other thing people always assume I tell him I got married young, that I was pregnant. So we got married because I was pregnant. Yeah. Which is a fine, a, a perfectly reasonable assumption, but ironically, that's not actually what happened. I did yeah. it correctly, right. like a lot yeah. of good that did me. Um, so, found out that I was pregnant. I was having a girl, which she was very disappointed about. That was cool. a big thing. Great. Yeah. Shit. Red flag number two. You know. Red flag number three. First one was, oh, yeah. is it mine? That's another. Well. Here, here. So many. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I know it's like there's was, so much. So much. Was he excited when you went after he figured think, out it was his? Yes. Was his. I mean, yes. he. It's hard to explain. It's it's kind of one of those like with him again. It, it, now I have so much perspective into him as a person. So looking back on it, I don't think he was excited. I think he was. Um, it was opportunistic. It was like another claw to put in that he knew he would have me. You know what I mean? That like he could continue to be a dick or be a worse or dick or something. Cause now I was, I was going to have his baby. So I would never leave him. Now you own, he owns you now. Now he's got, right. Yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah. He had already done, like I said, the groundwork of that when we dated of kind of isolating me, you know, kind of alienating me from friends and family, just being me and him kind of controlling everything I did. Um, and I didn't really see those patterns that much cause I was young and not experienced. And then it was like, this was an extra nail in that coffin of just like, okay, well now you're the mother of my child. And of course you're going to want this unit to stay together and all that. So, 
even if it wasn't conscious, I think there was some of that going on that he was just kind of like, oh, good. Mm. But I don't think he was excited to have a daughter at all. No. Because it was like, in his, he's got that chauvinistic, like, oh, what am I going to do with her? Like, I can't take her fishing or riding or whatever. And I'm sitting there going, like, I ride motorcycles. I go fishing. Like, I don't chauvinist. I just, anyway. I just love that men and these types of men, I'm not going to sit here and say all men by any means, sure. but there's so many men like that who they they crave women, they want women, they seek out women, they they spend most of their time thinking about how to acquire a woman, and then they give no shits about their own daughters, or like don't want a oh, yeah. daughter and see no use or you know whatever in having value a value because it's a value, yeah. No because value. women are a commodity, and it's like and they don't want a commodity, they want a, an heir, they want a lineage, they want something to be remembered. Their so their family line up. so fucked so up. Fucked up. Not that most so men are like that, I don't think, but I do. There are no, but there are but those men who, who are. That's exactly how they think. You're exactly right. It's, mm-hmm. And a again, lot of in them in my hometown. It's so evident, you know. Oh, but at the time, it just you make excuses for them. Well, and at this point, you know, you're so deep in, you're embarrassed. I'm a, you're embarrassed, you know, yeah. and you want it. You're in denial. So yeah. there's that. And and also on top of too, at this point, you got to understand, like ironically, we'd been together for you know three four years, but we hadn't spent a lot of time together. Yeah, we dated like a year. He went to basic, he went to Texas. He was there for about a year yep. and he's been overseas. So maybe collectively in three years, we've spent nine months actually physically together and dating. Yeah. So, you know, that there was that. Um, so then he ends up getting shot in Iraq. Uh, he, yes. He got a through and through where basically like went in his wrist, out his forearm, in his bicep and out his tricep because his arm was bent. So it went like, boop, boop. yeah. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's real intense. That's crazy. So he almost died, blood out. <laughs> They airlifted him to Germany. He got two purple was it, hearts. It was enemy fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was in a firefight. Yeah. I mean, and this is where the part of the story gets very tricky for people because they're very uncomfortable because I'm very supportive of the military, very patriotic, very appreciative of everything that men do. And I don't want to diminish what he did, but at the same time, he's just such a shit person Yeah. <laughs> that I know it wasn't by any sense of duty or anything like that he did it for attention yeah he did it to be a hero yeah and it works it works yeah. i mean you know so and i get a lot of shit from people for even insinuating that you know for but it's just i have the i have the right to do that because i know him personally so i mean it's like you could say the same for even like the people who go on instagram i'm not making a very parallel comparison but the people who go on instagram and film them going up to somebody who's working or or may look or homeless and ask them for a favor and they do the favor and then they give them five hundred dollars and the person's mm-hmm. crying you changed my life and it's like dude you would you you were filming that from the beginning right 100 you sure i'm sure you liked helping people but you were doing this for the likes you, yeah. you could have done it without a camera you could have you could have done it without a camera yeah that's 100 so it's it's in the same vein ish where it's like it's a nice and it's great. It's a nice sentiment. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we 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 know there's an also a selfish agenda. Sometimes, not all the time, but with some certain people, right. there can be a selfish agenda that comes along with it. Totally, one hundred percent. And that's what I tell people is that I I can say that, and you can disagree with me all day. But me, I have very personal, intimate knowledge of this person, um, and. I know for a fact that he's manipulative and everything has an angle. And so even something as noble and wonderful as that had an angle. And so right. I just have less respect for it. So that's just where it is. Okay. But well, yes. that individual person. And that's, you know, that person, just saying absolutely. that for the whole. 
A hundred, yes. I mean, yeah. I have, I am still to this day friends with, and my children friends with some of the same people that he served with. I'm fantastic friends with. I love those guys. I love the, their wives. Like they're fantastic people and I appreciate them. Sure. And we lost a lot of people that we were really close to. You know, my, my children's actual cousin, um, their brother, um, or their, so complicated. My, my, my children's cousin are the, are one of the men that my ex served with mm-hmm. kids. So like they're yeah. literally related to some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just, yeah. So, but the problem is, is that when you take a narcissist that already thinks they're always right and that manipulates every single situation, and then you literally give them a free pass to never have anyone challenge anything they do or say, because they're a hero, Sure. you create a monster. Yeah. And that's what happened. He was already a person that would not take any accountability or responsibility and already always got off and people always let him go because they couldn't deal with the tantrums. And now he's got a legitimate, like, excuse that nobody wants to be the person to argue with. Sure. Nobody wants to call a Purple Heart recipient an asshole. Right. You know? So it it, it kind of gave him license to kill, if you will. It's very complicated. Yeah. Um, And innately, no matter what situation, makes me the bad guy. You know? Um, Damn. It was hard. It was hard. Yeah. but so he's injured. He's in Germany. I get the call. We all freak out. He gets sent home to Georgia, right? And at this point, he's got like, he had surgery. He's got like this external fixator. He's on all these drugs, um, you know, to, for pain and all that kind of stuff. He's completely out of it. It's a hot mess. But he comes home. He only gets one month of convalescent leave. At this point, I'm almost nine months pregnant. I'm extremely pregnant. Yeah. And the plan, of course, because he was supposed to be in Iraq, was for me to have my baby here with my doctor, my family, my friends, everybody here, um, because he wasn't even supposed to be home. He was going to try to get leave for the baby, but there's no guarantee for that kind of stuff. So now he is home, but it's too early, if that makes sense. He only gets a month of convalescent. So we stayed in Georgia, hoped I went into labor. I didn't. So he had to go back to Fort Hood. So I had to choose, was I going to stay in Georgia with my doctor, my family, my friends, and my baby here without my husband? Or was I going to go to Fort Hood with him alone? Why did he have to go back to Fort Hood if right. he just been shot? Right. Because that was his duty station, and they only He's give you— He just been shot. I, I, it's, there's a lot of fallacies in the military. It's very stupid. Um, because he only got a month of convalescent. That's just basically what they call it. What do he they was, want him to do? He's just shot. They want him to report, report to the Wounded Warrior Unit, which is a trailer with Xbox in it, <laughs> and uh, show up to work. I, it, Do it, what? They just want to have tabs on him all the time. It's it's obnoxious. So well, you know why? Too- Probably, I guarantee you, it's so that they can claim they did something and didn't just send them home and send. Them. So they're like they're right. probably required yeah. to say like we like you said keep an eye on him or keep tabs on him for like mm-hmm. X amount of time. He's still, he's still an active duty listed member of the military, so he has to be at a duty station, and they can't just transfer him anywhere. It has to be an army duty station, yeah. and you know what I mean. It's like there's a whole bunch of process and bureaucracy that goes into that kind of stuff. He could have re- now at some point he could have requested a transfer to a duty station in Georgia, you know, like Fort Stewart or somewhere like that, but that would have been a process. It's a whole thing that we had to go through. Um, and it's all paperwork and it's not shit he was going to do. And I'm nine months pregnant. So, you know, it wasn't on top of the list. So I decided to go with my husband back to Fort Hood. And so I rode in the back of a 1994 Ford Bronco with no air conditioning. Girl. 16 hours, nine months pregnant. OJ style. <laughs> OJ style. That's I the, mean, I should have been. That was the on the run. It was a '94. I think it was a '94, wasn't it? Bronco Maybe. or whatever. This was like the two tone Eddie Bauer edition. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Get in the Bronco. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we we made it back to Fort Hood just in time. I had the baby two weeks later. Um. And at the time, you know, we got the we had nowhere to live. We literally stayed with our friends. 
So the government we, didn't even put him in, the military couldn't put him in a house? They did, we, but I had to go through all these hoops because we got basically what they would call like emergency relief, you know, because there's a, there's a wait list for on-post housing. This is what people don't understand. It's kind of like colleges with dorms. Yeah. For on-post housing, there's a wait list and there's priority list because it's free. If you don't live on post, they give you a stipend to live off post, but it's shit, right? You're it's, it's you're not going to have enough money to, it's expensive. You want to live on post if you can, um, just because you just have a free sure. place to live. Yeah. So, but because he was injured and I was pregnant, we got priority, but it took, it still took three weeks to get one, to get, you know, to get our government section eight concrete floor house. And um, so we stayed with our friend for two weeks. So I had my daughter at Darnell Army Hospital, which you don't want to have your baby anywhere named Darnell. You know, it's just... Just, it's just named it was, after a dude. Just It was it's terrible. It's like, it was so bad. It's like Doug's oh. birthing unit. Like, that's not where the, you want to have your baby. The state, I, I will give this a true, the state of, like, the military healthcare system is atrocious. Yeah. It's yeah. horrifying. Government-funded I mean, anything is just... Not the best. Horrible. Not in let's this just, country. Say, Not in this country. I got 16 stitches in a very intimate place because they are terrible at their job. Mm. Um, my my birth was very difficult. Hey. I dislocated my hip. Um, oh. I tore all the way. Oh, God. I hope all the listeners are oh, gagging right now. Oh, God. This is worse than the shot through the arm. <laughs> we need to right? take a break because my vagina hurts all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, oh and he did, the, he did the lean in. Hey, Doc, can I get an extra stitch no. joke? He That's absolutely not did. Even, wow. I was not amused. But you I know what? Not. If you told me to put money on, did he ask for that? Of course he did. A fucking course he did. I know. We should have had like a bingo, like a narcissist bingo. What did they say after you gave birth to your do- your, your child? Because yeah. I've heard a lot of funny stories. What a fucking um, ass. And I've never heard that. That's disgusting. Oh, you ha- oh, oh it's yeah. It's called the husband um, stitch. And they used to do it. Mm-hmm. They used to just automatically do it and not ask. It used to be if they ripped, if, if they had needed an episiotomy, and needed to stitch it back up, they would add one more stitch in there. It was called the husband stitch. It's fucking okay. it, I'll do that if you can stitch his mouth shut. Well, that comes from That's the men. That's the wife stitch. Yeah. Yes. That comes from the men insinuating that, you know, it's loose now because you've had a baby yeah. or, you know, they're going to make it tighter because they don't understand anatomy. I mean, he didn't know what the clit was either, so here we are, right? <gasps> And we haven't even gotten we're, into the cheating story at all. I swear we're, we're almost 47 there. minutes into this. We're so close, I we're promise. really like just, uh, no, I'm just, I'm, uh, we could break down. I mean, he fits every, <laughs> like, every single bullet oh, yeah. point of yeah. narcissist bingo, like you said. I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Jesus. And we're not even there yet. So anything else no. you're going to say is not going to be a surprise in any way. No. So I just, it's not I just want to make sure. So you shot him again, right? Is that, what, what, what part <laughs> do we get? When do we? I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. Um, no, no, I thought about it. I shot him dirty looks for the rest shot of my marriage. Dirty yeah. looks, because it would also be enemy fire, is what I'm assuming. Well, I mean, I can I can really rub it in, and make people hate him even more, because you know you're supposed to wait six weeks after you have a baby, period. Let alone if you have stitches. Mm-hmm. Um, he was literally complaining after a week and a half, and 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 made me have sex with him two weeks later, because he was literally like, if you don't have sex with me, I'm gonna freak out and like i've been gone all this time and you're a shitty wife because he you know, can't touch a stupid dick with his good hand are you mm-hmm. serious when... right now I am dude really oh I mean, what a, what a it was unimpressive that was fine horrible piece. dude this dude fucking sucks
sucks. He, he sucks a lot. Okay, so good lord, this is such a bad situation. I mean, from get go, from the fucking get go. All right, so when when did he? I mean, so he forces himself on you this after your after your you know yeah you shouldn't be having a baby. Yeah, pretty okay. crappy. At what point does yep. he decide um, that he needs different puss? Right. So uh, you know this is you know so we have a very obviously not fantastic marriage for you know several months. Uh, very mean, neglectful, didn't help the baby, you know, and it was always an excuse. He couldn't hold her, couldn't change her, couldn't do anything because of his arm, even though he could play video. Typical. Um, Typical situation. But so, you know, we were, and I got a night job to help pay bills and it was just, it was very tough. It was was rough. And when my daughter was almost one, I was going to go home to visit my family because, you know, they hadn't seen the baby. Maybe one, a few of them one time. So I was going to go home and visit the, the baby, blah, blah, blah. So, and he was very not supportive of this idea because he didn't want me to go home and go see my family. But I did anyway. And things were so bad with us that I was like, screw it. I mean, like, whatever. He can't get any more mad at me than he already is. So I go home. And then while I was there, I decided to see my gynecologist and get like a pap smear done and all that kind of stuff. Because I liked my gyno from home and I hadn't seen them since before I had the baby. I hated the military hospitals. I just don't, I just didn't feel good about the way I was treated. I didn't want to do it there. And it was due for mine. Mm -hmm. So I went to my gynecologist there and it actually ended up to where I got a bad pap smear back. Like I had abnormal cells in my pap smear and they were bad enough that they immediately got me in for a biopsy like the next day. Wow. And so I did my biopsy and I came back with like stage three progressive. Like, so we're basically like the, the cells have gone through my cervix up into my uterus already. Mm -hmm. And it's, they don't like call it full-blown cancer because you know i hadn't spread necessarily like that but it was if i had not done anything i absolutely would have had cervical cancer and like pretty quickly probably you know because i'd been checked before i had the baby and you're you're not even 20 i'm not even 20 yeah this is i'm I'm, i might have been 20 at the time i was very young so that was part of the problem was i was having some issues and they didn't the military weren't listening to me i was having bleeding i was having pain and they just kept blowing me off because they're like you're too young for any of these problems sure yeah they just wouldn't because they don't even start screening for that stuff or tell you to start worrying about it until a certain age yeah that's so yeah they they just wouldn't give me a pap smear so i got mine there so when i found out they basically told me they're gonna have to have a leap procedure um which is where they like ablade your uterus they burn off all the cells and then they cut off portion of your of your cervix and when i found this out i freaked out because i knew he was going to be pissed um that he would want me to come home and do it there which he did and i told him that i wasn't comfortable going back out there and having the military do it i wanted my doctor to do it my family and everybody here you know that it would only take like a week you know and he flipped out was super pissed, was accused me of lying about it, that I had some boyfriend at home that I wanted to stay there and be with instead. At this um, point, you should have said, yeah, yeah, I do. I do have a boyfriend I, yeah. and his name is Doctor and he's going to take <laughs> care of me and he cares about me more than you and Darnell. How about that? Well, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that we got into a huge fight over it and I basically told him, well, that's too bad. Well, it's too bad. I'm going to do it here and you can get over it. And I've never done that before. That's yeah. But he's the type of person. If you tell him, no, he's going to punish you. Sure. Was he worried about your health and your safety? Of course. I I mean, he said, he said he was, but they did, you know, he wasn't listening to me and what I was saying. And I don't know. I don't know what his problem was. It's a control issue. I think he felt that he didn't have control because I was too far away and I could do anything I wanted. Um, And he knew he'd been a shit. So why would I want to come back and all that kind of stuff? But I was going to, because I was brainwashed, but um, so we got into a huge fight. I said the D word, you know, I was yep. like, I don't know, maybe we should just get divorced. He hung up the phone, did not speak to me for almost four months. Four months? I mean, 
four months. And you're in Georgia with your baby and your your family, mm-hmm. his family, my family, your but family. His family's here too. Everyone, everyone's here. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't speak. Yeah. To, and, and what does his family say? What it, it, was anybody like? Where is he? Why isn't he calling? No, they they knew. I mean, they talked. I, every all the communication I had was through them. Like anything that he wa- that I needed to know or anything like that was what they I would talk to his mom or whatever. But like, you know, they were all very like, oh, you know how he is. Oh. When I tell you enable to the max, all of them kind of have this like, that's how he is. What are you know? What are you gonna do about it? Fucking yeah. tell him to, to man kind of up. That's what you're gonna fucking do about it. Shoot him through his other fucking arm. Yeah, it's a person I love. I just found out potentially has cancer. Mm-hmm. Are you not? Were are you not? Scared no, shitless? I, Are you not checking in on them every second of every minute? I guess not. I mean, that, well, like, again, this was, this is one of those lessons for me, right? With a person like this, like, they're teaching me a lesson. Like, how dare you, you know, defy me? How dare you go against me? Because this is what you're going to get. You're going to get neglected. You're going to get not cared but for. It, it's like, it's basically like the silent treatment. He's also not taking care of your child. Y'all have a child. Oh, yeah. It's not just punishing mm-hmm. you, he's punishing your child. Oh, so fuck yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It, it was it was terrible. I'm sorry. No, I just. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, so yeah, so that went on for months and I didn't know what to do. You know I mean? I couldn't get him to really talk to me. I, I, I didn't know where we were, what was going on. Uh, you know, I got myself handled physically, thankfully. Um, you know, that was good, but I really didn't know what to do. Um, and then I, I saw a photo of him and this girl at Talladega with his dad on like Facebook, like on a date. So he could, he had time to leave Texas and go to Talladega. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had time to go to Talladega. Alabama, not... Right. Isn't that mm-hmm. where Talladega is in yes. Alabama? Yeah. So he, like, he like could come to Alabama and not come to home to see yeah. you. And, and, his, and his dad was there mm-hmm. too. His dad was chill with Mm-hmm. Well, his dad's kind of, a, you know, but he has spun this whole, he has spun this whole story to basically, I guess, members of his family that I had a boyfriend, a secret boyfriend in Georgia. And that was why I refused to come home. And, um, that was why we weren't speaking. And yeah, that look was at all this time you have on your hands between your doctor's appointments Absolutely. and being a single yeah. mom and, I had a job at this point. and your jobs. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You definitely yeah. probably want to take some time to run around with another guy who probably also doesn't know where your clit is. Yeah. It sounds like fun. Yeah. It sounds right? like definitely. <sighs> Something that well, and the problem is that, you know, a lot of these people like that, they, 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 they set these traps and you do sometimes fall into them. Because at this point, I mean, I'm like 20, 20, not even 20 years old and I'm heartbroken and I'm confused and I'm and I'm embarrassed and I got a small child and I don't know what I'm doing with my life and things are a mess. And so I call him on it, you know, I'm like, what the hell? So I come to find out that basically he, this girl, her fiance, baby daddy, I'm not sure if they were actually married, but the father of her child, her son was um, deployed. And he had moved her into our house. Fantastic. Our on-post housing. Nice. Well, hey, Um, he's finally got the son he wanted, so there you go. Absolutely, yeah. And he reminded me of that constantly, about how great her son was and, and, yeah, all that later on. Wow. Yeah, so. What a hero. What a hero, Yeah, but, you know, it's just embarrassing because, you know, I went back, you know, at, at some point. You know, I know we don't have a ton of time, but. Basically, yeah, he did that, and um, it was really ugly and, and, and uncomfortable for a couple months while that all kind of played out. But basically, it was like as soon as him and her kind of hit the rocks and it didn't go great, because her man found out, and he brought forth an investigation through the military. Right. Because adultery is illegal right. in the military. Right. We've learned and, this from other episodes. Catherine, remember? Yeah. The, the, yeah, I also, yeah. Yeah, I, I also don't understand why the military, why it's illegal. I mean, in, yeah, in well, the military sense, I guess. There's a Between couple, well, 
between military, right? Like it wouldn't between be if it members. was off base related, right? Or- sort of, yeah. There's a couple different angles. There's misuse of military funds, right? So the fact that that he had a civilian that was not his wife living in his uh, ha- in a military housing was part of the problem. Um, the fact that he, he, they're causing damage to an enlisted member, like so her husband being deployed or whatever. Uh, it, there's a lot of like reasons why they they it's illegal. It's illegal not from the sense you could necessarily go to jail, though you could go to a military jail. It's illegal more from the sense that you would get Article 15s, you would get reprimanded, you would get your demoted. It you'd be punished. For causing issues mm-hmm. in the military or the it. military, that makes and it, makes, it makes the military look bad. You know, sure. it makes it makes service members look bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not Got a good it. look. So that was kind of what happened. Um, and nothing really happened. He tried. They tried to Article 15. My husband twice, and nothing happened. And he got out of it every time. He's got a great knack for that. Um, once they that they blew up and they like kind of broke up. All of a sudden, he was barking up my tree again. Of course. You know, and I was weak and lonely and I had been working two jobs and had a, a child and I wanted my family to work out sure. and blah, blah, and blah, blah. And you're still young as hell. I mean, God. Absolutely. But like at this point, you've, the story you've told at this point is like you've lived three lives and you're 20, 21 years old. And 20, yeah. 20 years old. And it's like, of course, I mean, you're tired. You're, you're retirement tired. age at yeah. that point, you know? You're, Absolutely. It's, and, and you know, just settle down. Like, out of mind. Just relax. You forget it. When you're in those types of like suffocating relationships and you get away from it for a while, you forget how bad they are. You know, you kind of yeah. forget and you start to romanticize the good times and that kind of, of stuff. Yeah. And so when they come back barking up at your tree, you're like, maybe, maybe we were just young. Maybe the situation was just bad. Maybe it'll be better this time. You know, yeah, we yeah, all yeah, went yeah. through all that. Yep. Um, and he got, he got not dismissed, but he got his orders. He got out of the army. He got a medically discharged. So he was coming home. So for me, in my mind, like this was a fresh start. We're going to be at home with our family and our friends. You know, we're going to be in a place where I'm comfortable. You know, it's going to work out this time. We went to therapy for a couple of times. I got him to go and I had a female therapist nice. and he hated her so much. He went twice and he peeled out of the parking lot one time. And, uh, he said that she only agreed with me because I was a woman, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. And she pulled me aside and she goes, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but that means a sociopath. Yeah. Wow. She's like clinically, like absolutely is a sociopath wow. and you need to get away from him right now. She told but you that? She told me that to my face. Um, yeah, and I didn't listen, and I ended up getting pregnant again. Oh, by accident. Did you, you uh, like? Did you say sociopath, or did you sociopath. say a great father? Yeah, <laughs> I heard sexiopath, and I yes. jumped. Well, basically, and she explained it in a great way that I don't think people understand is that you know you hear sociopath and you think like serial killer chopping people up in their basement, but not necessarily. I mean, a sociopath basically just lacks the ability to empathize for others. Yeah. Yeah. They mimic the emotions that they think they're supposed to have, but they don't actually feel them. They don't actually have them. And that it makes it easy for them to mistreat you and easy for them to control you because they don't really get what it feels like. Yep. And so that's kind of what he is. Like he really does not think he's being mean or an ass or any of that. He genuinely thinks he's a great guy and he has an excuse for everything he hasn't ever done. So, oh yeah. I mean, funny caveat, you know, he doesn't, he, he has our daughter's name misspelled tattooed on his arm. <laughs> No joke, and that's my fault. Apparently. Are you sure it was? Maybe it was another girl he met. Yeah, right? And he's like, oh, no, this was supposed to be so, our right? daughter. Yeah, exactly. Right. We went to the shop to get a tattoo because he wanted to get her name, and he didn't want. To, now her name is Charlotte. It's my oldest, but we call her Charlie. And he's like, I can't get Charlie because that's a man's name. I can't get that on my arm. I don't want people to think I'm gay. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, because that's, that's what they would think. Absolutely. And oh God, um, so we go to, and you know, my daughter's with me. I can't bring her inside the shop. So I go next door and he, he calls me a few minutes later and goes, how do you spell Charlotte? My daughter's four, four years old. His four daughter it. is four years old. And I said, you don't, 
like the city, C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E, Charlotte. You, okay. Gets an hour later, comes back over, peels off the bandage, two L's. Two L's. He goes, that's what you said. No. Me and the artist both heard you. And also, like, what, what the said. fuck are you talking about? It's your goddamn child. Yes. Your child is it's four years child. fucking old. What the fuck four are you years. talking about? So this means at no point yeah. in four fucking years has he written her name on a on a form or done anything to give a shit about his... Oh, my God. Well, when he was talking to other girls, I mean, like, I have a daughter named Charlotte or like, anything Right, like right, anything. Mm-hmm. There's been so many opportunities for him to use or spell her name or text her name. I'm so glad you picked up on that, yeah. I mean, I... <laughs> I think if I called my dad right now and I was like, daddy, what's my social security number? He would probably know. Like, no, he doesn't know. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just shocked. I'm so shocked right now. Like, God. Yeah. So it, it basically went on like that for, for, for a couple of years, you know, until I finally, well, when my youngest was born, I finally, like, I, I, I woke up one morning, you know, my, my youngest was like five weeks old. And I was like, you know, I can live in hell forever. I, 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 you know, I didn't really love myself very much. I didn't feel, I wasn't very self-confident. I didn't really have a lot of things to live for, in my opinion, other than my children. But I thought about the fact that I had two daughters and that I didn't want them to grow up thinking that that was how a man was supposed to treat a woman. That's right. You know, and that was why I left. You know, I don't think I ever would have left for myself. And that's embarrassing, but it's just true. But I left because I didn't want my daughters to wake up one day and feel the way that I felt. And so I left and he was you know, but that was, I mean, there was plenty of cheating other than that. I mean, that, that was just like the most dramatic, you know, like that was kind of like the catalyst for the, this behavioral pattern that was going to be the rest of our relationship. You know, every time I'd piss him off, he would go get a new girlfriend and she was so much better than me. And it was my fault. This and is if while I was y'all better, are married. This is while y'all are married. Mm-hmm. So like you're in Georgia. He would just kick me out of the house. He would kick you out of the house with the mm-hmm. children? Yeah. yeah. He'd just be like, get out. And one in the morning, no bottles, no, just get out. With the children? You'd have to get the children? Mm-hmm. Because he was mad at me. And then another girl would. He just didn't care about his 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 children's safety, well being. I don't think so. No. Um. I mean, but then, well, you know, this man has got of... his daughter's name spelled wrong on his arm. So exactly. I mean, yeah. Really, let's go from there. It was, and there's a lot of unfortunately, there's a lot of like animosity and everything. You know, the families. We, we got to a good place now, but you know, my my daughter's 15. My oldest is 15. My youngest is 11. And I can literally write down, you know, I have a, I have spreadsheets of like when he sees them, when he does it, he'll go months, weeks without talking to them, calling them, seeing them, anything like that. Um, you know, didn't pay child support for years. I'd take him to the state to get like that initiated. And then every time they would start taking child support out of his check, he would quit that job so that, he, you know, it, it just, it was just horrible for years. I mean, we've been divorced for like 11 years and it's just been like this the whole time. And, but then still every time he would get a girl, you know, he wouldn't see the girls for six months. And then he would get a new girlfriend and all of a sudden he'd want to see them. It was like, it was like super dad mode got turned on mm-hmm. Disney dad. Oh, I want to see the girls. We're going to go on vacation. We're going to take, cause he was putting on this show for these, for new these girls. women. Was such a, right. That I was the bitch. I was the reason why, you know, he never saw his kids, you know, and he still holds on to that like hard, you know, he's, I think he's recently engaged now, um, you know, all this time later. And that's the story. That's absolutely the story that, that, you know, now he wants to see the kids and all this kind of stuff. And that's what he just recently served me to take me back to court because he's trying to get more time with them. And I'm just sitting there. I don't know how you're going to stand in front of a judge. Yeah. And it, and with 11 years of you being transient and uninvolved yeah. and like, I like he couldn't tell you, I, he, I bet he doesn't know my middle daughter, my younger daughter's middle name. I guarantee yeah, he, he doesn't know what her middle he, name is. He's, he's proven to have a track record of having a hard time with names. But he wants to yeah. tell everybody that, you know, that it's me and I and I know that and, and they just drink the Kool-Aid. The girls just drink the Kool-Aid and believe him. 
until they break up and then they're calling me like, what a mess. And I'm like, mm, so tell me this, tell me this. So during those, before you divorced him, before it was mm-hmm. over, over, you said that he would like constantly have girlfriends in and out. How would you find out about these girlfriends and these other women? Was it just blatantly obvious? Would they just be there and he'd be like, this is what it you depends. deserve? Or If he felt like I had done something blatantly bad enough, he would be bold about it. And I would just, yeah, like whatever, just to punish me. Um, if he just wanted to do it, I'd find it in his phone or, or usually, usually they would go south and then they would contact me and be like, Oh, FYI, you know, I was banging your husband. He, um, he actually started uh, dating this girl that was still in high school. And at this point he's 27, something like that. She's 18. She was 18, but she was in high school. With I parent. don't care. It, I don't give a fuck if she's 18. I don't care if she's 20 and still in high school. Cause she failed a couple grades. That's still and a fucking he, high schooler. When he had told her and her parents that we were divorced and that I was refusing to let him see his kids and all that kind of stuff. And, um, his, her, her mom actually found out that that wasn't the case and like called me and, and asked me the truth. It's just, it just, because it wasn't ended. a red flag that her daughter was 18 and he was 27. Like, well, and basically her, and she was pretty well off and her parents basically told her that they would cut her out of their, her inheritance if she didn't break up with them. Good. And so she did. So that was a smart girl. And she went to college and got married to somebody else. And she say, dodged that bullet because her parents cared and they put some effort into it. But, you know, and then when I got remarried, you know, when I met my husband, I mean, I was single for four and a half years, almost five years, single, like no boyfriend, yeah, good for no you. one met my kids. <laughs> I put my head down. I got my GED. I went to college. I worked two jobs. I just handled my business. And I met my husband, you know, in 2015 with my, you know, and he was the first guy that ever met my kids. And we dated for six months before he did. And we dated for a year before we moved in. I mean, I did everything by the book and my husband's never been anything but polite to him, but obviously very doesn't like him, you know? Um, and he's been nothing but an ass to my, to my husband from day one, talk crap about him constantly trying to cause drama. you constantly trying to insinuate that he like mistreats our children. And I'm like, he raised our children. Mm-hmm. Like that man raised your, your daughter. That's yeah. their dad. You're not. So it's just, um, it's just terrible. I just, I just hope that my girls now that they're getting older, you know, it's hard because you cannot talk bad about their father because my relationship with their dad is not their relationship with their dad even though he has let them down in my opinion, but they have to form their They'll own relationship. They'll figure that out though. And that'll be they, obvious but they have to, to them. If I tell them it, it won't be genuine. Yeah. So it hurts me to know that they're going to have to get hurt by him to, to learn. And I don't like that. But you <laughs> at can all. protect them by, you don't have to. And who, who am I? I have no kids and you know, whatever, but I'm just my, both of my parents had deadbeat parents. Okay. So my mom mm-hmm. had a dad that ran off and left for another woman. My mom, my dad's, um, dad had ran off and left his mother for another woman. And so, I mean, he came back and and tried to like make up for it later before he died, but that still wasn't enough, you know, but what you can do instead of sitting around and talking shit is you can just be the good example and you can constantly reinforce, Hey, the look over here at your friend, so-and-so's dad, look at Mm -hmm. your dad that you had, you know, your, your stepdad, look at, look at, these are good men and these are good or, or, and or women, whatever. These are, these are what good partners and parents look like and always strive for that. Right. You can always use that no. and then they'll know the right way. And it'll be very obvious to them how shitty of a dad and partner their biological dad is, you know? So you don't I have to so. sit around talking shit about him all the time. You can just go, Hey, look what a good, good one is like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, daddy issues are a real thing, though. And that's unfortunate, you know, biology, nature, nurture is a thing. And that's something I've unfortunately been witness to with my oldest daughter, because I love her 
more than life. I've raised her as best I can. Like I said, Reed's been in her life for you know, her whole life, but she's still so much like her dad. I mean, just to the point that it, it blows my mind. I don't know how a person that's never been in your life has never been a real influence. You could be so much like them, just personality-wise and things like that. DNA. DNA. So I worry. But, you know, there's that's a mom's job. We worry. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I literally, all I know is that if I see them with someone in any capacity of the situation I was, I'm going to be a pain in the ass. You, I'm actually going to be right. the mother that runs the man over. And I don't care. Fantastic. Please call us. <laughs> Please, and then call Please us. Call us, us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. our that's our biggest plea to anyone Just. is if when you do run over someone, you call us yeah. in, in the cop car. You right? need to, Sorry, yeah, I know you, I talk you need to talk to a former guest who's also an Atlanta comedian, um, mm-hmm. Erica Benefield. She called mm-hmm. us and did, did you hear her episode? I think I'm part of it. I don't think I finished oh, it. Yeah. You need to finish her. Oh. Her, you need to get to the okay. end of her episode because it is okay. 1,000% worth it. But she had the military Good. husband who then cheated with the other military person. They got in trouble. She was able to threaten because, well, you you have to listen to the episode to get to the end. I'll listen to but it, yeah. We were like, mm-hmm. well, he couldn't call the police on what she ended up, her retaliation towards him oh, because they would get in trouble by the military. So he never oh. called the police on her because he would have had right. to. Well, my ex is out. I mean, my ex is out now. Yeah. So I don't have that advantage, unfortunately, but he's been arrested plenty. I mean, he got arrested for, you know, he sprained my arm and I had a miscarriage because he basically like put me in an arm bar and told me he was going to kill me. He told the cop he was going to kill me while he was telling the cop that he was a piece POS and he still got away with it. Oh. I mean, I've never met a man in my life that can just get away with things. But when people find out that he's a wounded vet, it's like, it just doesn't exist. It's I mean, an eraser. When we got divorced, yeah. And when we got divorced, he was supposed to pay me like a thousand dollars a month in child support, you know, for two kids. And the judge literally, literally just goes, well, you know, he's a, he's a hero, blah, blah, blah. And they gave him a deviation. He's only supposed to pay me 400 bucks a month for two children. So how does that have anything that. to do with anything? How does that have, well, how does that keep you from not having to take care of your children? It doesn't. It's been, I mean, got I've shot had once. And, and they were like, this is not legal. They can't do that. But they just did. It depends on the judge's opinion though. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a discernment. So that's just the, the, the hill I've been fighting with him, unfortunately, for the years. Is it, Like I said, he's never wrong. There's never a problem. Everybody, he's got anything that I, he's ever done wrong to me. He's got a reason why, you know. And I'll admit, I did end up getting a boyfriend for a little while when all that tumultuous stuff was happening because I was just, like, so, like, fine. I can do that, too. Well, good. You he's know? accusing you of it anyway. He's projecting. Absolutely. That's Right. But I do regret that. That's the one thing in all of this mess that I regret, that I had – I was the bigger person for the longest time – and then I did finally stoop down to it because I told myself I deserved it, which I did. I mean, I don't, I don't you think did. I didn't, but I We're lost your therapist now and we say the yes. high ground, yeah. but, but I lost the high ground in my opinion. You know what I mean? I went from being unequivocally, unarguably correct to understandably correct. And those are different. So, well, you, but yeah. you, I mean, you were still very young oh, yeah. <laughs> and trying to figure Such stuff a child. out and a child Absolutely. handling, trying to raise two children amidst yeah. all of it. Okay. So, so you did say, so remarried tell us now where are you at now i mean look at you (laughs) we're just doing comedy she's raised two wonderful daughters yeah yeah i mean um, we're blended Uh, luckily you know my my husband he has a daughter with his previous marriage and thank god his ex is great you know they have a good co-parenting relationship her and i get along great we've gone hung out like thank you jesus that's great um so we have three daughters 15 14 and 11 Um, no yeah going on in that house 
My ma- my husband is a saint. Uh, a, um, yeah, I, I, I got my GED. I went to college. I got my degree. I worked corporate jobs on and off. And my husband and I started a business, runs his own small business. Um, and then I decided last year, I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do, to do comedy. I, I think I'm funny. I want to do it. And he supports. He's like, do it. And my kids love it. They think it's great. You know, Aww, I've, um, I'm gonna cry. I've had some members of my ex-husband's family kind of be like, oh, you're being a terrible mother. Like, you're out late at night in bars and doing things like that. And I'm like, my children are teenagers. You tell me what I should be doing at home with my 15-year-old at 9 o'clock on a Monday, but okay. Yeah. Um, and they love it. My, my daughter will come home from school and be like, Mom, I got a joke idea for you. Aww. You know, they'll help me. You know, so like that's it's so been a cute. good family thing for us. And they're so proud of me. And that's all I really want. You know, I just want my daughters to see, like, if you want to do something, just do it. Absolutely. You know? Also, and you so, like, deserve a release. You deserve, yeah. I mean, Seriously. you deserve to be able to, to stand live your on life. stage and yeah, live right. your life. You, and I say this all the time about my parents, like, because my parents had me so young and it's like, they gave up so much and they had to be adults so young and like work two jobs yeah. each. And they didn't get to do all the things that I was mm-hmm. able to do. And you know, if both of them decided to pick up a microphone and start doing, I would, I'd support the hell out of it. You know, whatever they, if they want to start a fucking podcast, I mean, it'd yes. be terrible, but I would support it, you know, because, you know, they deserve that release. Yeah. Like it, everyone does, you know, like they, and we all have different order, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But I had babies really young and I had to be, I had to be mature and an adult and responsible for so many years. And now I feel like my husband too, because he had his daughter young, he was 21. Yeah. And so now we feel like we're coming out on the other side of that to where our kids are older and they're yes. becoming their own people. Yes. And now it's our turn to be our own people. That's right. yeah. And I don't think I would have had it any other way because I think that no matter all the bullshit I went through and how troubling it was and how hard it was, it was everything. I am a better person for it. Like I would not nearly be as cool or as funny or anything that I am if I hadn't been through all that crazy shit. Yeah. You know, I would just be like 30 and like, I don't know. I have like nothing to say. I don't know. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's good. It's good. And I, yeah, and I'm sorry, Lisa, I didn't make you emotional, but no, I, 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 I just get emotional when I think about them. I just, you know, I do too. I connect with that a lot because yeah. I don't like to feel, uh, I have imposter syndrome, terrible, bad, you know, I don't um, ever want to feel like who doesn't anyone well, feel bad for me or anything like that. I always take a lot of responsibility for where I am, the situations, choices I made, but yeah, it doesn't mean we don't deserve to be happy. So that's where we are now. I think everything's hell yeah. I got the last laugh because I sure did happily married and happily living out my dreams and he's still trying to make everybody else during your prime years like that's what's cool is you're going into your prime as a woman my sex is a one you've already had your kids you've now you're like doing everything you wanted to do this is fucking great (laughs) this is great wait what was that i missed it i was too i was too busy what'd you say you were being very sweet and sentimental i said i said yeah my pussy's a one now he got that trash puss (laughs) (laughs) he was just my practice now I'm in the main event. Yes. Damn right. you the headliner. Headliner? Yes. Yeah. I love it. that anyway. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So what would you tell? There's so much. What would you tell? I mean, short and sweet. What would you tell other people? I mean, because obviously this whole story is a great, you know, representation of what not to do. But what, sure. what quick advice would you give to anyone who found themselves in this situation? Oh, gosh. I guess it's kind of the same thing I try to tell my daughters now. Is it just like, is it just like seriously though listen to yourself because yeah. you know yeah. like women we know we just don't want to know yes and mm-hmm. I think that if you do the work on yourself to figure out why you don't want to know you won't be in that situation like so if you do the things for yourself so that you feel confident and strong and independent when something happens when a flag pops up or a person acts in a way that doesn't align with that it's easier for you to get rid of them you know it's easy for you to set a boundary because you don't need that you know leverage I always say is the most 
dangerous thing in a relationship. No one should have leverage over another person right. for any reason, financial, emotional, whatever. You should both be there because you want to be there and you enjoy each other. And so mm-hmm. I say with women, the moment you feel like you are there for any reason besides you want to be there and you are genuinely happy being there is when you know you shouldn't be there. Yes. And you know, you just won't admit that, but you know. Yeah. And if you feel that way, there's a problem and you need to get out of there before it's a bigger problem. I agree. Because there will be another man. There will be another, there's always another man. Okay. I'm sorry. There's probably a hot, like, look at me. I'm the perfect example. I am the living proof. My husband, and I sound so conceited, but I don't care. My husband is smoking hot. Okay. Yes. Smoking and hot. And so are you. Look at y'all. Super strong, super sweet, great father, like great family. Like, and I would have never thought I deserved that or could have ever had that because I thought that I was destined to be with somebody that treated me that way. And if I had stayed there, that's what I would have had. And that would have been your reality. Yeah. So do better. Don't settle. Don't ever settle. Don't settle. settle. There's always something better for you out there. Yeah. Always. There's always another one. Okay. A beautiful, beautiful sentiment to what you have come through and and become because of everything you've struggled with. Mm -hmm. So let's end it on something dumb. (laughs) Yes. If you find out your past husband has another girlfriend you look her up on myspace damn it oh. would you rather her be hotter or not or hotter than you and why oh that one's fun um i would rather her be hotter than yes. me because that means that at some point she's going to realize she's hotter and leave him and also leave him Okay. <laughs> and right, be good for herself. Good that's a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm in it for the women at this point, man. Okay. When he gets a new girlfriend, I'm like, you poor thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's I feel bad for her. You know. Yeah. They always call me you're at some point. Yeah. You'll Here's see. my number. Call me when you're ready. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, won't, you won't be ready now, but you give me just here it is, just in case. Hang I got on, a right. lawyer's number. I got a therapist number. <laughs> you just send them the package. You just send them uh, your yeah, ex's right. package. You're like, you'll Did be you all. Did you just break up with my ex? Here is a list of resources to help you through this not difficult time. <laughs> it's like those class action lawsuits. It's like, did you date yes. so-and-so between the years of such and such and such? You may be entitled to benefits. <laughs> is your vagina drier than the Sahara? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, there's hope. Uh, did you also notice that the name Charlotte is spelled wrong on his forearm? <laughs> did you mention it? <laughs> only to get berated with a terrible story. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's, you may be it's entitled. just like that. You may be entitled to compensation. For compensation. Yeah. No, from, the US, wait. from the U.S. government, because, gosh, it could have just killed him. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I didn't say that. No one heard that. Only all the people um, listening yeah. to Judy's heard that. Right. Oh, my God. Well, they're on our side. They're on our side. Britt, so they get Britt where should people follow you? How can they support you in your um, yes, comedian? Yes, please. Um, you know, bear with me because I'm new and I'm getting better. But I, I, I'm on BAM Comedy, which is B-A-M-M Comedy on Instagram and on TikTok. I'm trying to get better about posting on there. Please follow me. Send me messages. Send me questions. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, and just just to support anybody that's doing anything cool, anything that they are nervous and scared to do. Hell yeah. That's what I say to everybody. You got it, baby. Hell Thank yeah. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> this was Phenomenal great story. Thank what you. What a great story. With us. You're I, thank awesome. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to like yeah. do more shows with you and uh, us spend some time together in real life. I think you're a fucking badass. I hope for all of the best things for you and everybody go out and uh, follow Brit and support Please. her. And, and you guys. Oh my gosh. Like y'all are comedy. amazing. Y'all are kicking ass. I mean, keeping yeah, we're doing it. We're you're doing the things. things are happening. All the good things are happening to all the people who just great. Yeah. Um, great work guys thank you so much everybody else uh, stay savvy and if you've got your story we're back on Gmail now so give us a call uh, leave us a voicemail and we'll love to we'd love to hear yours that's right we love each and every one of you stay savvy toodles bye if you've enjoyed this episode of Cheaties Podcast please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen and if you've been cheated on or you have cheated you've got a cheating story that we want to hear Leave us a teaser voicemail at 888-STABBY-8. That's 888-782-2298. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Cheaties Podcast. Follow me, Lace Larrabee, at Lace Larrabee. And follow me, Catherine Blamford, at It's Catherine Blamford. Stay stabby. Go to your ready-made horse. That's all you're good for.